Welcome to the Climb Your Mountain podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Maurer, a certified personal trainer, high altitude mountaineer, and ultra runner. Each week, I show you how to train, eat, think, and live like a mountaineer so you can boost your chances of reaching the summit. My passion is to empower people of all ages and sizes to get outside and live lives of adventure. Remember, mountain climbing will never be easier than today. So let's dive into the show. Why do some people succeed and some people fail in endurance sports like mountaineering, backpacking, and ultra running? Here's a secret. They don't fail because they're out of shape. They don't fail because they microwaved a frozen lean cuisine dinner a few times during training. Often they fail because they have limiting beliefs about how much discomfort their bodies can handle. The truth is endurance sports really push our bodies to the limit. Our bodies can often do the work, but in many cases, the mind just isn't ready for that level of discomfort yet which can lead people to quit when they're just about to succeed. Friend, I don't want this to happen to you, so today I'm going to teach you how to become a hard ass in three simple steps. The more polite and refined among us might call this developing mental toughness. Ready? Let's do this. Today's episode is brought to you by my course, Mountain Fit, Self-Coaching for Mountain Athletes. So congratulations, you've signed up for a mountaineering trip or a long distance trek. Now, how the French toast do you get in shape for it? You could hire a coach to help you, but the ones who actually understand our sport are so damn expensive. And even if you get a good one, no coach is ever going to understand your lifestyle, your schedule, and your body the way that you do. The truth is you will always be your own best coach. You just need to know what to do and when to do it. That's why I created Mountain Fit. This online masterclass is the roadmap you've been looking for to help you reach your fitness goals. In this course, I walk you step-by-step through everything you need to transform yourself into a diesel-powered hiking machine, even if you're starting from absolute zero. By the end, you'll know how to assess your fitness level, write a training plan that gets results, and choose the best exercises for your goals. And if you need a starting point, I've included 40 weeks, that's 40 weeks of training plans you can adapt for your own season. So stop wasting thousands of dollars on Tracy, the big box gym trainer who has never hiked a day in her life. Learn how to train yourself with Mountain Fit. To check it out, just click the link in the show notes. Hope to see you in there. Hey friend, how you doing? How was your weekend? I I had such an a like a heart-based, just amazing, like uplifting weekend this weekend. Just to give you a little recap, it's the last hard training, the last build week I have before I run my big 50K in August. So I had some goals that I wanted to meet this weekend. I wanted to walk and run 25 miles. I wanted to get 5,000 feet of vert. So On Saturday, I did a 17-mile training run. It was really hot. It was really hard. It was about 90 degrees when I finished, but, you know, got the job done. And then on Sunday, I was all set to do an alpine hike and a scramble with friends and really looking forward to it. And there were just a few things that did not go in my favor. So I had done that 17-mile run the day before. Didn't really anticipate how hot it was going to be and how tired that was going to make me. And then came home to kind of an upsetting situation, just was something. For those of you who listen to this podcast, you know, I'm a long distance caregiver for a loved one with some very like complicated medical and 
housing issues going on at the moment. And it's just like, I don't know. It's like almost like I climb myself out of the hole and then like the stick comes and hits me and knocks me back down. So I got kind of hit with the stick on Saturday afternoon after I came home from my run, drove out anyway, you know, still reeling from this and drove out to do the overnight camping trip before our Alpine hike in the morning and got 45 minutes of sleep. Sleeping at altitude is always hard for me. We had some beer and some wine before, which never helps me sleep. And then I think I was just really like stressed out and processing so much emotion. And it's just been like building and building and building. It's funny. One of my coaches, one who helps me with drinking, talks about how when you have an emotion, it's almost like you're having a beer. (laughs) Isn't that a funny metaphor for a drinking coach? And then you have no choice. Once you feel this emotion, it sets off all these hormonal and physiological changes in your body. You just have no choice but to kind of let that be there and process through in order for it to finally finish and be done. So I feel like I've not only had like a vial of emotion, I've like been drinking buckets of it on some days. So there's just like so much processing through. So given all that, I did and felt like really tired on the hike the next day, just dragging, dragging, dragging up the first mountain, the approach to even get to the scramble. And then I got to the top and I was so proud of myself. I I said to my friends, I'm like, I think this is not my day for this one. And I'm just going to sit here. You guys go scramble, take all the time you want. Take a few hours. I don't care. I'm just going to sit here, read my Kindle on my phone, and maybe do some work and maybe outline some things, some new content. And that's exactly what we did. They went and they did their scramble and they came back and they were like, we felt so bad leaving you. And I really sat there and I thought about it. And I'm like, if it helps, I did not feel bad for myself. And I actually was able to appreciate just being with you, being in this on top of this beautiful mountain, you know, like outlining my next course and enjoying it. And like the thing that makes me happiest is I think if this had happened a year ago, I just would have been like beating myself up. But yeah, it ended up being a perfect day and just a day of such self-acceptance. If you want to read some of my journaling about it, I did put it on an Instagram post. You can it's my handles at Misadventure Pants. It's probably one of the last few posts when you're listening to this. But anyway, all that to say, (laughs) like growth is possible. Self-acceptance is possible. The mental mindset goals that we work on in mountaineering, I think are so important just to our happiness in the sport. And that's why I want to share one of those with you today. So we're going to talk today about becoming a hard ass. Why should you care about that? Like, a lot of people coming into the sport really resent the culture that says, you know, you have to be a bro and send this thing and do all these doubles. And I, I, I don't even know what I'm talking about, right? Like there's kind of a, like a culture of like one-upping and who can do it better and who can do more. And a lot of people get really turned off by that. And I get turned off by that. So I'm not saying that that's something that you need to embrace. But I do think that it's important to think about your mental toughness, if that's an, an easier, more neutral term that's easier to think about. And the truth is, The reason why we have to think about this is that mountaineering, backpacking, ultra running, they all really push our bodies to the limits of what our bodies can do. And it's not to say our bodies can't do the things they absolutely can and they absolutely do, but it feels like incredibly uncomfortable in the moment. So 
I often hear from people who go on their first mountaineering or large backpacking trip that it really, really challenged them, even if they could do it physically. They are shocked and surprised by like what they could do and how hard it felt. And I think sometimes it's easy to lose track of what that goal event is actually going to feel like when we're just kind of in training land and we're running around the park or we're hiking on the beach with our backpack and just doing our everyday workouts. We kind of forget that there's a part of this that is not going to feel real good. I also hear, (laughs) not infrequently, that I kind of undersell how hard some of these activities are. You've probably heard me tell my story about doing the Grand Canyon R to R to R with not a whole lot of training. I just did 14 miles of running. It's a 42-mile hike with 11,000 feet of vert. So I talk about that a lot as an example about how you don't need a ton of training to do these things. You don't need to quit your job. I have specific reasons for telling you those. I think I even have an episode on here somewhere about doing trips without training, because I think that's, for some people, like a lot of times, the only way you can make some of these things happen. You just have so much else going on in life, and maybe once in a while you're going to need to wing things. So guilty as charged. I may be underselling some of these things, and I want to make amends and just also tell you that here's the thing. I can do these kind of things because I'm mentally ready for discomfort. Part of that comes from experience. Part of that comes from really leaning into discomfort and sometimes intentionally seeking it out. So that's the part I'm going to teach you today. Even if it's your very first trip, you have no experience, no idea what this discomfort is going to feel like, you can actually start bringing some of that discomfort into your training, into your workouts. And that is really going to help you be more mentally tough for the main event so that it doesn't overwhelm you or so that you don't get so overwhelmed that you stop when you really, it is within your reach. So let me just give you a couple of tips how to lean into discomfort during training so you can either be a hard ass or be mentally tough, whichever one of those lands best for you. So the first thing I want you to do is make the most of your long workout. Everyone who is in endurance training, whether you are training for mountaineering, a backpacking trip, a long-distance trek, a big trail race, an ultra race, unless Everyone who is in any of these sports is probably doing a long workout pretty regularly that really challenges your stamina. So if you're training for, let's say, Mount Rainier, you're probably going out there with your heavy backpack and trying to walk up a mountain, up a steep slope, doing loops on a steep slope if you just have a short one that you can work with. Same thing for runners. Runners are maybe training for a trail marathon. They need to be going out and actually getting on trails and doing long runs to really push their stamina, really show them how far that they can go. So these workouts, you're already doing them anyway. I have two rules for you to get the most out of these and make sure that you are getting the mental toughness benefits, which is one of the main points of doing these longer workouts. So the first thing I want you to do is you're going to treat your long workout like your most important workout. If you have to miss a workout during the week, that's okay. Try to reschedule the long workout, move it, shuffle your schedule around no matter what you do so that you have a long workout at least once a week. I say once a week, some of you might be on an eight-day week, a nine-day week. If you listen to my last podcast on training cycles, we talked about that. But yeah, once during your quote-unquote week, you have a long workout, you don't miss it for anything. Just really committing to getting that in every week. My other rule for long workouts 
Unless the weather is truly dreadful and it's unsafe for you to be there, you're going to do it outside. And if possible, you are going to do it outside. And a lot of people, a lot of my clients, when I'm training people one-on-one, really balk at this. They're like, but Sarah, the weather is, they give me like the reason the weather is terrible and they can't go outside. Here's the thing. Like, let's say you're climbing Mount Rainier. It could snow. It could rain. If you've seen pictures of Mount Rainier, there's always this little wisp of cloud that forms on the top and that's called a lenticular cloud. If you are inside of it, if you are on the top when that cloud is there, it is dreadfully cold. My instructor, when I did my high altitude mountaineering certificate was talking about a trip where he was actually in that cloud. And this is someone that's very accomplished, has done a lot of mountaineering. And he's like, that was the coldest I ever was. Like I had to take out like my 8,000 foot mitts and put them on. You could be climbing Mount Rainier after an ice storm when the surface is icy and uneven and painful to walk on. So do you see what I'm saying? Like whenever people are saying to me, oh, it's going to rain here. It's going to snow here. It's going to be windy. Like I hear you, but it is so important that you really just get outside, expose yourself to the elements to the extent that that's going to be safe for you, not injure or harm you. But the two big benefits of that are, A, that you get to test your gear, but even more, you get to get used to weather-related discomfort, which, goodness, crops up on pretty much every mountaineering trip. And of course, the exception to this is when it's dangerous. If there's like a tornado coming, like don't go running into the tornado because it's time to do your long workout. I think that's a time when it's appropriate to reschedule or maybe do it indoors. If it's extreme wind chill, extreme heat, you might want to you know, work around those, but But yeah, do your very best to get it outside. Even if you only do part of it outside, try to get some exposure to just the discomfort. That is the whole point (laughs) of the long workout. It should be uncomfortable because it's long and it should be uncomfortable because not every workout, but once in a while, you're just dealing with conditions that kind of suck. (laughs) That's the whole point. So number two ways to become a hard ass, I really want you to challenge yourself with training hikes or runs or whatever is appropriate for your sport. So this step, it's not 100% necessary, but it is helpful. And I'll give you a couple of examples examples of what this might look like. But why this is important, just a story to kind of illustrate. I just wrote an excellent blog post on the Western States 100. This is an ultra race that's run in California. It's one of the big ones in the country. It's 100 miles. It starts in the Sierra Nevadas. You run down into the Central Valley of California, which if you think about it, like this is going to expose you to so many extremes because you're going to start running through the mountains, which may be like 30 degrees when you start this. You finish in the valley, the hot central dry part of California. It can be over 100 degrees at the finish. So these runners, on top of running 100 miles and just dealing with all the normal things ultra runners deal with, they have some definite weather conditions that are very, very challenging. And gear can they have to have gear for everything and just have a really good plan to make it through this. So one thing that was really interesting in 2020, people who are running ultra races and getting ready for a 100 mile race would normally run lots of practice races, as we call it. 
often shorter races, other 100s that are maybe not so hard, but they get some racing experience underneath their belt just so they can kind of start to feel what that's going to feel like to run 100 miles, all the ways they need to be ready. And interestingly, during the pandemic, there really wasn't a lot of options to do training races. A lot of the races were canceled. So we come into 2021, have the Western states, and what really fascinated the experts was that so many people really tanked in this race. There were fewer finishers, and for the people who did finish, their times were much worse than in previous races. And the weather, when they looked at it, was really not too bad for this particular race. There were definitely harder years where, as a group, the racers had done much better. So what does that say about that? It says that these training races that these runners had missed because of the pandemic really set them back. That was the conclusion that a lot of the experts came to, and they really emphasized how it is so important just to get out there and maybe take like little pieces of your sport or something similar and really just put yourself into those before the main event so that your mind is ready, you have a plan, you have an understanding of what it's going to be like. So how can we do this as mountaineers, as ultra runners, as trekkers? A couple of examples. So for example, if your goal climb is to climb Mount Rainier, think about some of the challenges that you might be facing that you've never experienced before. So if you're, for example, training in Florida, it might make sense if it's at all possible for you to get to altitude, to maybe spend some time in a place like Colorado. That's a place where it's really easy to drive and hike up to altitude, much easier than in, say, Washington, where the mountains are volcanoes and they just go straight up. If you're going to climb Rainier, want to really hike some steep mountains at altitude, you might want to try an easy snow climb if that's something you've never done before. Again, Colorado, and I think also in the Northeast and New England, there's a lot of snow climbs that are pretty easy, pretty suitable for beginners and very accessible. I'll put a link to a couple on my blog from in Colorado. We have one called Angel of Chavano, and I have a couple of other ones on there. So definitely check that out if that's something you're interested in. Let's say you're doing a really hot ultra race. I know one of my personal lifetime goals is to run the Badwater Ultra, which is in Death Valley. So what do I need to be doing to get ready for that, especially as it draws closer, which it's probably not real soon, (laughs) to be honest with you. But I have to make sure I'm acclimating to the heat. I'm going to try to do some other races that are hot. I'm actually looking at doing one in Alabama, like in the summer next year, which should be interesting. It'll be hot. There'll be bugs. I think it'll be really cool if anyone wants to go, but that's kind of my thinking. In order to get ready for this lifetime goal, I have to maybe try to put myself in the type of discomfort I'm going to be experiencing. If you're going backpacking for the first time and you're going to do a multi-day trip, maybe try an overnight backpacking trip before you do a longer one, even if it means that you just walk a little bit away from your car and camp in a wilderness area, in a national forest, so that you can experience everything that's in involved in backpacking, carrying the pack, making sure you have all the gear, sleeping at night in a tent that may be cold, dealing with, you know, the noises that are all around you. So just experiencing all that before you're actually in the main event. So 
if you're listening to this, and for example, let's say that you're, you know, training for Mount Rainier in Florida, that's <laughs> I always like go to that as the worst case scenario. And it's probably actually not. There's there's probably some really great stuff you can do in Florida. But if you're listening and you're like, yeah, I'm just not gonna be able to even replicate a part of my event before I go, let's go to number three, because I think that one's gonna be the very helpful for you. And number three is you really wanna challenge yourself with your workouts. I have a podcast on here where I talk about a concept called fitness always wins. And we talk about how it's possible. Like the example I use is actually an ultra runner who trained for the Western States 100 while living in the Midwest. And her coach talks about how she is just such a hard worker and really comes into everything like so fit that you can pretty much throw anything at her and she'll always be okay. You want to be that girl. You want to be that person who's just so fit that, you know, maybe they don't have the specific skills or the specific experience, but their fitness can really just kind of carry them over the bumps in many cases. So how do you do that? The short answer is really just to challenge yourself so much in your workouts. And it means that sometimes you're maybe going to do workouts that aren't strictly necessary to train for your event. They're not super specific, but they're just something that's going to challenge you, push you, make you a tougher athlete, a tougher person. So one thing to keep in mind, if you are really going to significantly ramp up your workouts, especially if you're going to do anything where you're working at like maximal intensity with your cardio, definitely check in with a doctor before this make sure that that your health history is all clear, that they're very comfortable with you, like ramping it up hard and pushing really hard, because that is a risk factor for some of the the rare but serious things that can happen in fitness. If maybe we have a heart condition or something else going on that's maybe high blood pressure, metabolic syndrome, some of those other things can be signs that maybe you shouldn't push that hard quite yet. But yeah, as long as you're clear, medically clear, ready to go, you really want to think about what will push you. And this is really going to depend a bit on your current level of fitness and what you normally do in your workouts. For some of you, like running 15 minutes straight or hiking for three hours straight with a backpack, it's going to be a huge stretch that's going to be challenging yourself. And that's if that's where you're at, that's exactly what you should do and be like, hey, that I did something that was tough and never, ever compare it to anyone else that's, you know, you're in your lane, they're in their lane. And what's tough for you is exactly what you should be doing. If you're maybe someone that's advanced, that's used to a certain level of discomfort that can really challenge themselves, you may look, be looking at doing some maximal exercise. One I personally, I wouldn't say enjoy doing, but do when I really feel like I need to toughen up is hill repeats. So running up the a really steep hill pretty much as hard as I can for two minutes and then jogging back down to the bottom, like that's one that I feel for me is really challenging. It's also sport specific, which is nice, but even if it weren't, that's one that I feel like really pushes me Another option for you, especially if you're really easing into this and maybe having a hard time with the concept of doing a really hard workout that's very uncomfortable, is to maybe look at group fitness, something like CrossFit, or maybe do something like 
even if you don't have, you're not able to go to the gym and actually do the workout with a group, you can get a streaming service like Beachbody. Two on Beachbody, I really like to do when I want to just like feel like I'm really pushing my discomfort are P90X and then Insanity. They're both pretty hard. And if you can even make it through those workouts with just a little bit of modification, sometimes that will really give you a good push. So challenging yourself in your workouts is another great way to build mental toughness that's really going to pay off when you take that to the mountain. So friends, <laughs> there you have it. How to become a hard ass in three simple steps or build mental toughness if that just sounds nicer to you. Yeah. If you have any questions about the episode, definitely catch me in my Facebook group. It's Mountaineers and Backpackers in Training. You can also hit me up on Instagram at MissAdventurePants. I'll put links to both of those in the show notes. And yeah, always fun to chat with you, hear your questions, hear your thoughts, hear your ideas for shows. So I will see you around there. And until next time, have a good time. Hey friend, if you're enjoying the pod, there are two simple and free ways you can show your support. First of all, please share this with a friend who might find it helpful. And second, please leave a review on iTunes. Your support means the world to me. Thanks so much for tuning in.